This ain't just seven minutes in heaven. This is the entire episode seven of the My Body Academy podcast with Sarah Rose. This isn't an NBA. This is the NBA. This is the place for you to get coached and make health and happiness the business of how you get ahead in life. You get coached. Coached. This is the startup of you. You get coached. And now, your coach, Sarah Rose. Hey guys, what's going on? Welcome back to another episode of the podcast. I'm sitting here soaking up some feel-good sunshine, and I have to say, it's a good day to have a good day. Are you all about it too? I know you are. (laughs) So let's get right to it. Today, I'm going to be talking to you about how to set and achieve your goals. I'm going to introduce you to my process for going about doing just that. And it's what I call setting domino goals. We've officially crossed the one week mark into the new year. And with that, a lot of us are trying to go big and do it all, have it all, fit it all in. We're like, okay, that's it. This is the year I quit my nine to five and make six or seven figures and get my rock and bod. Most of us start to operate under the mistaken belief that the more we strive, the more we will achieve. But the reality is the more we try and make these big leaps and do it all at once, the harder it is to change anything about where we are. And it occurred to me the other day as I was running on the treadmill at the gym that there was training, but I was keeping myself at a pace and inclined within a comfortable interval where I didn't really have to strain too much. Physically, I was there on the treadmill, and so I was there at the gym doing the work, which I felt good about, But then there was this moment where I could acknowledge that mentally I was tapped out because I knew I was capable of more. I noticed myself staying within my comfort zone and it really made me think about how so many of us go about wanting to change, but then we go about trying to do so comfortably. You might scan through your life and notice where this might be true for you. It begs the question, Why is it that we resist doing hard things? Why is it that we resist going all out when we're pursuing our goals? And here's my answer. Because in our minds, it's easier to stay the same. It's easier not to risk coming up short of our own expectations. It feels safer not to be risking failure. It feels safer to just keep being who we are. It's what we know. It may not be what we want, but it feels familiar. And there's a sense of comfort in our discomfort that that breeds. That's why so many of us are setting the bar low, so low. Like we might say, this is our year to run a marathon, but in our head, we're like, I'll just be happy if I start going to the gym. And then because all of a sudden we've lowered the bar, we feel like we're not moving towards a marathon finish after all. And we lose sight of the point of having a goal at all in the first place. And it's likely that we stop going to the gym or even never end up going. Michelangelo said, the greater danger for most of us lies not in setting our aim too high and falling short, but in setting our aim too low 
and achieving our mark. Really feel this. We miss out on all we stand to gain by clinging to what we have, which we don't even really want, right? Because we're working so hard to change it. And then we're so focused on what we could lose. But the worst, worst, worst case scenario, if you really think about it, is missing out on your best case scenario. I've decided that I'm going to be more like Michael Scott from the sitcom The Office, who apparently said, the only time I set the bar low is for limbo. (laughs) Okay, party people. I know that if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably the type of person who sets goals, but most people don't. And you're not the exception if you don't follow a specific process for setting and achieving your goals. There's so many people reacting to everything that's going on in their lives. They're caught up in the rat race. And because of that, they only have a vague sense of what they want to create or what they're even after. Instead of living their lives, they find themselves tolerating their lives. What I see happen among people who do set goals is that they start taking a whole bunch of action around this time of year. And then they become complacent. They just have one of those days where they decide they've had enough. They decide that they don't want it to be hard anymore. They question the point of the effort that they've been putting in. And then that's it. They fall back into stagnation because they still experience that nudge of growth and they're trying to change, but they're trying to do so comfortably. They're just kind of shuffling their feet at the edge of their comfort zone but with one foot always firmly planted in their comfort zone. So it's like in and out, in and out, start, stop. It's very inconsistent. Here's what you can notice. When we think about ourselves achieving our goal, it feels good. feels real good. (laughs) But then when we think about what we have to do to get there, it feels horrible. It just magnifies that we aren't where we want to be, that we don't have the things that we want and that we haven't been quote unquote good enough to achieve it already. It's a whole lot of suck. And that actually causes us pain because we're just experiencing our lack around what we don't already have now. The tendency is to want to bypass all of that and get to the place where we feel awesome and everything is awesome and we are awesome. We look for shortcuts and quick fixes Like we buy the lottery ticket in the hopes of winning millions of dollars instead of committing to making millions of dollars. But the real accelerant is to stop trying to resist the fact that change is hard and staying committed to doing what we have to do to achieve our goals is hard. What do you think the point of setting goals is? Many of us set goals to try and escape our lives, to try and get to a better feeling place. You want to know what it's like to be the person who is earning six, seven figures, who has a rocking bod, or whatever it is that you're after? All you have to do is notice how you feel right now. That is how it will feel. Happily ever after is not a destination. It's not something we arrive at. No feeling is final. Having oodles and oodles of money or a fit body or someone you want to canoodle up to all the time will not protect you from feeling bad ever again. And you know what? I actually love knowing that. 
It means that setting goals is actually the way I develop the skillful means of processing my emotions, of processing whatever's in the way of me creating a different result for myself. So happiness becomes the place I learn to keep coming back to in order to fuel the kind of action I need to be taking to produce the result I want. And you know, this is something I work at every day. Last year was a year where I experienced some of my highest highs and my lowest lows. And I know what it's like to be in that hard place and to just be like, get me the hell out of here. I'm going to set this goal because this needs to happen for everything to be okay again. I know what it's like to look at your life and question what there is to love about it the way it is right now. But you know, when we're in those lows, when we're feeling vulnerable and threatened, what we notice becomes warped by our problems. We aren't thinking in terms of solutions. Our thinking shrinks. We aren't focused on what we have. Everything good and happy and worthy of our kind attention falls away. To give you an example of this, I was trying to understand why I'd been kind of timid and how I'd been sharing what I do through the Mind Body Academy and why I was holding myself back like that. I was able to discover that beneath the timidity that was creating so much hiding, so much masking and covering up, so much keeping up appearances, was a feeling of terror that I had been repressing and that I hadn't been willing to acknowledge. And that terror was giving everything in my life a character of urgency. And I was taking a lot of panicky action and then retreating and pulling back. And all I could see were the problems. There came a point when I was like, wow, Sarah, you really fucked up your whole life. That's the kind of thinking that was running at the back of my mind. As I was trying to grow my business and going after these big and lofty goals that I had set for myself. Someone once told me that happiness isn't about how much you have. It's about how much you notice. And you know, I've come to realize that that's what setting goals is really about. Setting goals provides us with a sense of direction. And then we face all these obstacles and problems. And our attention contracts. And we get looped into these hurried patterns of thinking. And they're just really speeded up and get us nowhere fast. Then the goal is really there as an invitation back into awareness. So we're not denying our problems. We're still aware of the threats and challenges we're facing, but we're also able to pierce the illusion that it's a problem to have problems. We can face all kinds of adversity and remember that what we make that mean, how we feel, and what we do is entirely up to us. It's 100% optional. Tony Robbins talks about this actually. He says that there are three fundamental decisions that shape your destiny. What you choose to focus on, what you choose to make things mean, and what to do to create your desired results. Our goals keep us coming back to that. What am I focused on? What am I making it mean that I'm not where I want to be yet? What am I going to do to bridge the gap between where I am and where I want to be? And you know, just because your results haven't shown up yet doesn't mean you have to stop believing, even if that's what most of us do. You've probably heard it many times before, 
But whether you believe you can or whether you believe you can't, you're right. That's going to shape how you show up and your level of commitment. When we're focused on what we see and not our vision, I think it's clear how easy it is to end up feeling lost. So how do you set goals without coming from lack or scarcity or fear when it feels like your life is hard and messed up? I've been learning to lean into the advice of my business coach, Stacey Bateman, who shared on her podcast lately when she was responding to being asked what she did when her life was at its absolute hardest and when she was heartbroken and her bank account was negative to then go on to create a multiple seven-figure business. And she said, the truth of the matter is that I found appreciation. I found a way to love my life without changing it. I found a way to fall in love with the stage of where I was in my business in a way that I could be obsessed with the thing I was doing and the thing I wanted to achieve without feeling like I had to get to that place to enjoy it. The simple truth of it is that we do not do our best thinking or most creative problem solving or take the wisest action from being in a state of fight, flight, freeze. And that's what most of us are doing when we go about trying to change our lives from a place of being unhappy about our lives. There's a better way to go after your goals than waiting to hit rock bottom so you feel like you have to change. And the secret is learning how to appreciate where you are right now, to show up and do it all from love. For us to be able to choose the discomfort of growth over the discomfort of stagnation, we need to feel good about feeling bad. I know that sounds like the exact opposite of what we're trying to do when we set goals, since the very reason we set goals in the first place is to feel better than we do right now. But think about it. When you don't feel negative about experiencing negative emotion, the negative doesn't feel so negative. We aren't so stopped by our emotions. We don't make the negative emotion mean that something has gone terribly wrong. It's almost like the more you plan for it, the more you can even start to look forward to it. Pain becomes a signal that change is happening and we don't even need to see it to believe it. We can just feel it. Which takes me back to that moment on the treadmill where I was like, wait, I want to be pushing harder. I want to feel that pain that lets me know that I'm working for what I want. When we adopt that mentality, we become more focused on getting things done. Doing what we have to do becomes intrinsically motivating and rewarding, even when it's challenging and uncomfortable. But when we try to resist the negative emotion, we're very focused on looking for evidence that the change is taking place, which after a hard workout is just going to seem like a lot of pain and no results. It produces a lot of striving and efforting. When we do this, we're waiting for the result to show up in order to feel good. We hitch our motivation to something external, which is going to be very draining and frustrating, and eventually you're going to question what the point is of going through the motions. It breeds a lot of dissatisfaction, and it's going to feel like your results don't match the effort you've been putting in. You're going to be in a hurry for the results to show up. You'll be very impatient. 
before you even set goals, it's important that you recognize that the reason our goals seem so hard to achieve is because we don't want it to be hard to achieve them. The way to break through the discomfort and create momentum to actually achieve your goals is to decide that you're willing for it to be hard. Decide you're willing to experience all of the emotion that comes up, positive and negative. Decide to allow all of that to be part of the process of achieving your goals. All right, now let me lay out the process for doing just that. The very first thing you're going to want to do is decide and affirm what it is that you want. What are your goals? It could be for this year, in five years, 10 years, the span of your entire lifetime. It's entirely up to you. I included a PDF worksheet in the show notes that has different quadrants that you can use to go through this goal setting process. And and you can assign different categories to each, like health and fitness, relationships, business, money, spiritual, whatever you decide. But I left it blank because you might use it to dig a little deeper into a specific goal or project. I want you to go to the place where you can suspend disbelief long enough to consider what you would do if you knew you could not fail. What would you do, be, or have if your results were guaranteed? Don't cap your imagination. And it's important that you write all of this down. I can't explain it, but there's something about writing it down that makes it more real. And there's a lot of research to back the fact up that people who write their goals down are much more likely to go on to achieve them. Get as specific as you can, timeframes, dollar amounts, qualities, and write your goals in the first person present tense. For example, I publish a best-selling self-help book by the age of 35. In order to approach this exercise through the lens of appreciating your life, I want every second goal to be things you really want and already have. Most of us don't spend time wanting what we have. We think of wanting as something that we don't have. So you're just practicing enlarging that understanding so that you're not just trying to fill a void. You're making room for more. There's a sense of abundance and spaciousness. If you don't make decisions about how you're gonna live and what you wanna create and experience, then you've already made a decision. And that's the decision to have all your power pulled away over your life. That's why I don't tolerate I don't knows. I always get my clients to answer the questions they feel they don't have the answers to because they always do and so do you. Outwit your own self. Ask yourself, what if I did know? If I were to guess, what could I come up with? That's how you figure out what your goals are and what you want to focus on, how much time you should give yourself to go about achieving your goals. What you'll end up with is a sheet with all these goals, both that you've achieved and that you have yet to achieve. Now, that's a lot of goals. So how are you going to do them all? You aren't. You are going to constrain your focus and set domino goals. That's the next step. I came up with this concept when Tim Ferriss uses domino analogy to explain how he prioritizes and gets so much done. Basically, you want to scan through all your goals and look for the lead domino. 
meaning in this context, the goal that would allow you to develop the character traits and capabilities that would make achieving the next goal or all the other goals you have easier to do or irrelevant. You want to choose one goal that will have the biggest ripple effect across your entire life and start there. Apparently, for about the first 500 years of its use, the word priority didn't have a plural form. There could only be one most important thing. So that's what we're getting back to. Because often what gets us into trouble is that we have all these goals and all these competing to-dos and priorities, so we end up all over the place and we spread ourselves too thin. So what's the most important goal you have for yourself right now? Go ahead and decide that for yourself. Make sure it's something that's deeply meaningful and that you have a strong reason for going after. It doesn't mean that just because you're focusing, let's say, on a money goal, that you stop going to the gym, neglect your partner, and become a social recluse, and all of your goals no longer matter except that one. Of course not. You can still take action towards your other goals. You can still take action towards your other goals, but the goal you are focused on will take precedence and absorb more of your time, attention, energy, and resources. You're focusing on tipping that first domino to become the person who is more capable of meeting the challenges embedded in those other goals that are part of the larger vision you have for yourself and your life. I encourage you to use the formula from Hal Elrod's book, The Miracle Equation, to affirm that commitment to yourself. It will look something like this when you write it down. I am committed to losing 50 pounds, one pound at a time, And I will continue putting forth extraordinary effort until I achieve it. There is no other option. So you affirm what you are committed to and the increments that will edge you closer and closer to your goal. And you acknowledge your decision to do whatever it takes until you achieve it. You're going to recite this back to yourself every single day until you achieve your result. At the start of each day and whenever doubt creeps in. If some doubt and fear or negative emotion doesn't come up at this point, it probably means that you're not stretching yourself. You're not pushing yourself beyond your current comfort zone. You want to take stock of the obstacles in your path, including the negative emotion, so you can convert those obstacles into the way forward. The way that you turn your stumbling blocks into building blocks is by addressing them from a place of the goal being completed. Then from that place, you write your action plan. That's the how. What I've learned to do from my coach, Brooke Castillo, and what I now teach my clients is to assume the place of your future self that has already accomplished the goal. And then you tell yourself how you accomplished it. Let's say you want to lose 50 pounds. You start where you've already lost the weight. And then you tell yourself how you lost the first five pounds. And then you tell yourself how you lost 10 and then 25. You just keep moving to the next task or number that feels like the next degree of challenge you have to face to get all the way to your goal. And that could just be one pound too. You want it to feel achievable and challenging at the same time. You decide what increments will move you towards your goal. Nick Saban, a legendary coach in the world of college football tells his players to follow what he calls the process because the average down lasts about seven seconds he tells them that if they want to win a big national title 
they should focus on that smallest unit of measurement, seven seconds. What you can do is ask yourself, what is the smallest amount of progress that will be meaningful when scaled at large? What this does is it chunks down your big goal into smaller goals or smaller dominoes. So you can start thinking of the small as large. It allows you to become process or progress oriented instead of results oriented. If you try to start with your big goal, you'll end up getting small results. You'll start to lose some weight, for example, but it's not as flashy as losing all the weight you want to lose. So you'll feel like you aren't winning, that you aren't succeeding, and that what you're doing is not enough. So you'll get discouraged and flare out. When we want to create major change, we often feel like we have to start with something big. But then we end up choosing something too big to feel like we're actually making any significant progress towards it. What you need to know is that the sense of progress is one of the most effective forms of motivation. So it's important not to rob yourself of that. This goal setting process sets you up so you continue taking action because it allows you to focus on those small and achievable wins and allows you then to gather momentum towards those big wins. It sets in motion a domino effect whereby you get to use that momentum towards the next win and then the next one and the next one. You're taking action towards your goal from the place of having achieved your goal. So you're not always questioning whether you'll get there. And eventually, as you accumulate those wins, you reach a tipping point where it just starts to feel inevitable. It will feel like it's decided that you will achieve your goal. So you'll be much more patient and persistent. It's that do until mentality that you're training in by following this process because you're using the prospect of inevitable success to fuel yourself forward. We have a choice. I'm going to lay it out for you plain and simple. We can set up a system that makes doing what we have to do to get to our goal frictionless. Or we can make it harder for ourselves to set out and do what we have to do to achieve our goals because we're discounting all the real day in and day out decisions that are contained within that big decision to go after our goal. There's the goal of losing some weight, for example, and then there's the goal of following what you've planned to eat. I've said it before and I'll say it again. When you take care of the micro, the macro takes care of itself. So you have all your goals and you've chosen a lead domino to focus on and affirmed your commitment to it, then you're chunking your goal down based on the smallest, most meaningful progress you could make towards your goal, and you're laying out the action steps you'll take as the person who has already achieved your goal. You're asking yourself what they would do. What you're also going to do is write out all the obstacles you can anticipate, and you're going to tell yourself what you would do in the face of that obstacle, and then you're going to convert that into a part of your action plan. That includes the mental obstacles. You're going to end up with an action plan that's very robust. You're going to have a very good idea of how the dominoes are laid out. This path is your process for goal achievement. 
Take Hal Elrod's advice on this. Remember that every result is preceded by a process. And the key to consistent goal achievement is to stay committed to your process without being emotionally attached to your results. I think it's helpful to know that failure is a decision. Failure is entirely up to you. The only way you can fail is if you quit. As Tony Robbins said, there are no failures in life, only results. That's where you can come in and use the evaluation process I taught you in the last podcast episode to neutralize your experience of your results and add more nuance to your action plan so you never not know what to do next and you never make any one result mean that you're failing or that you're a failure. I really want you to learn to question that kind of thinking. The last thing I want you to do is calendar your process. Another to-do list does not serve you. You want to make sure you're scheduling your process so you're really intentional about making time for what you've decided is most important to you. Whether you do this at the start of your day, one day in advance, a week in advance or more, it doesn't matter. You just want to make sure that you're creating the time to be taking consistent action towards your goal. Knowing what to do is useless if we're not actually getting out there and doing it. So plan to do at least one thing each day that moves you closer to where you want to be and who you want to become. All right, I know I've given you a lot to take in. So take it in and apply it back out into your life. Life will test you, but your results are entirely up to you. Remember that I'm adding some resources for you into the show notes. So head on over to mindbody.academy. And if you found what I taught helpful, consider teaching it to someone you think would benefit from it too and invite them to subscribe to this podcast. It's easier to make progress towards your goals when you have a lot of examples of people around you doing just that and helping you stay accountable towards what you're after. So sayonara for now. I'll talk to you again very soon. Thanks for being an awesome listener of the Mind Body Academy podcast. If you're ready to redefine success to include health and happiness and live into a body you capital L-O-V-E, then you need to join me in Think Yourself Slim. It's my one-on-one coaching program where you'll get the coaching you need to become a weight loss success story. Step into the vision that you have for your life over at mindbody.academy. Let's start a transformation today.